Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. It's good to be with you, as always. And uh, this week, uh, I got a chance to catch up with Cody Rich from the Rich Outdoors podcast. And he also has a company called Backcountry Fuel Box. Um, he's a really interesting guy. He's an entrepreneur, and um, obviously he's in the hunting and outdoor space, but He's one of these type guys who's always, you know, thinking about starting companies. He's he started several successful companies, um, so really a mover and a shaker, and the kind of guy I like to talk to. Um, he's based in Montana, and uh, you know, if you this time of year, a lot of people are kind of planning out their goals and dreams for the next year, and and we talk a little bit about that and and just about um, you know entrepreneurship in general. Um, you know, if it's in the hunting industry or in any industry, really, if you, you know, have a dream of launching out, starting something new, I mean, I think this is a great time to do that. And so that's something we talk about a lot in this episode and just kind of swinging for the fences. So um, if you're one of those people who's kind of planning out your next year goals and whatnot, um, if you got a dream in mind of something you want to start, this is a great episode for you. Um, so anyway, let's just jump in. I appreciate your support. Um, please share, continue sharing the podcast with friends and family. And um, I'll be coming back from Arizona soon, hopefully with some content to share with you guys. So I'm looking forward to letting you know how that went. And um, yeah, in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy and enjoy the episode. Right, so I'm here with my guest today, Cody Rich. How you doing, man? Good, good. How about yourself? Ah, yeah, can't complain. Uh, it's a little rainy here, but uh, I don't. Know, where Where are you based out of? Uh, Bozeman. Okay. Yeah. How's yeah. the weather out there? Uh it's snowing. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's winter time. It's uh, like I think it was negative three this morning, and and oh snowing like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that's like, man. We got like a little flurry yesterday, but we don't get much snow. I'm in Virginia. Did it snow there this, like I saw it was like snow down south even. Yeah. yeah. Do you consider the, Virginia south or? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, I'm like in the, I'm like probably 45 minutes from the ocean front. So we are usually the last ones to get any snow. We got like a dusting here, but yeah, parts of Virginia got hit pretty good. So, but I mean, literally if we get like two inches here, the whole town shuts down. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I, uh, I, I've spent some time, quite a bit of time in North Carolina and all over Virginia, uh, Mississippi. And I remember okay. like every, every time it would snow, it's like almost comical because it'd be like, like a half inch of snow and people like slid off the road. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, <laughs> yeah, people just completely forget how to drive when anything white falls from the sky. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, man, um, uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you. Do you guys have a good holiday? Yeah, yeah, pretty low key. Uh, just kind of stayed at home. Uh, we didn't travel much, so that was that was a total win for me. I feel like I've been traveling for years, you know. So like yeah. this year, I can have a stand, staying at home for the holidays. So I'm pretty stoked about that. You got kids? Uh, yeah, I got um, a two year old, and then I actually got one on the way. So ah, congrats. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be chaos this year. You got a little boy or a little girl? A uh, little boy. Okay. Nice. Man. He's, he's, he's a hunting freak. Like, Oh really? Already? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's like, and I don't even push it because like I feel like I didn't want to be that dad that like pushes their kid right. into hunting, but dude, he's like <clears throat> he's full blown obsessed. That's awesome, man. Um, I don't know, my little girl, I feel like she might be a huntress or a hunter. I don't know however you say it, but um, my little boy, he he likes it. I got him out in the deer, uh, in a like a ground blind a couple times, but um, I don't know something about my little girl's personality. She's just like crazy. I think she'll be into it. Um, yeah, man. So um, if you wouldn't mind, um, I'd love to just hear a little bit about your story, kind of tell folks who you are, um, what you're up to. I mean, um, I know you got a lot of different entrepreneurial things going on, and um, that's something I want to dig into a little bit. But um, go ahead and give people kind of your background a little bit and um, a little bit about your journey and, and the rich outdoors and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I always say I'm just like a dumb farm kid uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, just wanted to go hunting a lot. So he got into entrepreneurship. So I grew up a uh, pretty small farm in a super, super small town in Oregon. Okay. Um, yeah, we, I mean, growing up, we did a lot of wheat. We ended up switching to grass seed and, you know, do like Christmas trees. And so nice. we kind of did a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I was kind of like forced, I wouldn't say forced, but pretty near forced to be a farmer. And I was like, did not want to do that. Uh, so kind of went down the rabbit hole, took a little stint. I thought I wanted to be a firefighter for a while. Cause I was like, Oh, mm. they seem like they get to go hunting quite a bit, way more than farmers. So I'll do that. And, <laughs> and then I kind of came upon just like through the right mentors and, and relationships and stuff, just got kind of lucky and stumbled into entrepreneurship. Um, and I just went all in, man. It was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I don't care how long it takes. Like I want to, I want to be able to go hunting and, and like everyone I knew, who went hunting a lot was probably some kind of an entrepreneur, you know, yeah. like they, they got to do the thing. So I always looked at them. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to be at it. You know, like my family, like all the farmers I knew, like didn't get to go hunting. So I'm like, yep, that's yep. out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I grew up just running around hunting animals, like setting traps, like mm -hmm. just catching fish. That's all I did. So, um, I didn't have a technical background much. And so kind of got into entrepreneurship and I was like, well, I got to figure out this whole internet thing. Cause that seems to be like the next, the next thing. So <laughs> yeah, good call. So like forced myself to like figure out how to build websites and build okay. my first company. And, and, uh, yeah, it's been a long damn journey. What was your first company? Um, so at the time, um, I was actually building it for a company I worked for and then ended up buying it from them, but it was an ammunition company. So, uh, okay. um, we were doing a lot of military training and, and that's when I was, back East and, and in the South and stuff. And, um, and I had a really good mentor, a couple of really good mentors through that company. And, uh, and we had this like little ammo company on the side and you know, I read like the four hour work week and I was like, Oh, this is it. You know, like, uh, this is what I want to do. And so I was like, I'm going to put this internet company on or this, uh, ammo company on the internet, you know? And mm -hmm. that was like, I always say that was my MBA cause I didn't really go to college. So I just kind of figured it out that way. And, mm -hmm. uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot, you know, it was like a, like that was my MBA, but I got paid to do it instead of like it costing me money, yeah. uh, which can be more stressful than college, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I built a little ammo company and then, and then. But learning in the real world is just so much more, uh, just more real. I don't know. Yeah. There's something about getting punched in the face that you remember a little bit more than like someone <laughs> telling you about yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, um, did that and then ended up wanting to transition, um, and knew like, I was like, 
I want to be in the hunting space. I didn't really know what, but I was like, I loved hunting was spinning. That's all I wanted to do. And so I was like, I want to go down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And so then I kind of started the pot, my podcast, which is the rich outdoors. And it, a lot of that was like, I wasn't, I was, wasn't, I, I saw, I was listening to a bunch of entrepreneur podcasts and I was like, I want to like, someone needs to do this for the hunting industry, but I think it's a great way to like figure out what's next. Right. It was like, mm-hmm. ah, this will be like my foot in the door. Um, and it was like, I honestly was so tired of just magazine articles. Like I was trying to get better as a hunter and it was like, you'd read like these, you know, 500 word articles. You're like, that doesn't really help. Right. And so like, and, uh, podcasts were such a huge influence on me in the entrepreneur space. Cause I was like listening to these podcasts and I'd listen to books and listen to podcasts, but like, it was like books were like these in theory principle. And then you go listen to podcasts and dudes would be like talking about, you know, the application of it. And so that's, that's how I got, I would say got my MBA, you know, just loading ammo and, and listening to podcasts and books and stuff. And so then it was like, man, you know, a podcast for the hunting space would be cool. Like, man, that's probably a good way to like figure out what's next. And so mm-hmm. started that and it kind of took off and, you know, that pivoted into my next company and, you know, and then it's just kind of snowballed from there, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. So podcasts were a huge, uh, part of my journey in terms of like learning to backcountry hunt because I've hunted forever, but, um, you know, deer hunting out of a tree stand out East is a lot different from strapping on seven days of camp and heading off into the wilderness in Alaska, which was my first backcountry hunt. Oh um, man, that's cool. Yeah. It was, it was life-changing for sure. Just off into the deep end. <laughs> yeah. We like, yeah, my buddy invited me to go and, um, I just said, yes, I didn't really know exactly what I was getting myself into. Then I started to like figure out what we were actually doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to like really start preparing. So I started diving in and, um, yeah, we did walk in style caribou hunt and for, it was like seven days total, but life changing. That's awesome. Where'd you guys go? Um, we went to a controlled use area between without getting too specific between, um, chicken and Eagle. Okay. Do you know that area? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so we, and the, we, the only reason I asked wasn't like to get your spot. It was because I just no, went no. to, I went to the hall road this year um, nice. and ended up being like a walk-in deal. Uh, and it was, it was super fun. Like one of, one of my favorite adventures I've been on in a long time, which, you know, I did not foresee that it was kind of like, Oh, let's just go. It'll be fun. And it was just a super cool adventure. So yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about that a little bit. So we just like rented a U-Haul van and drove up there and the area we were in, um, it's a controlled use area. So it's closed to any motor vehicles. Like you can't even bring a chainsaw in there. Um, so anyway, it was an awesome experience, but so how was the hall road thing? It was, it was good, man. It was cool. I like the hall road is something that I, it's kind of, it's been on, I don't know, it's everyone's bucket list, but it's like one of those things that's always just like out in the ether. Like I gotta do that someday. I gotta do that someday. Yeah. You never really make time for it. And actually I had, um, I had had, I had a, flight booked out. So one of my best friends, he ended up, um, getting a job up there, being a pilot and, um, nice. yeah, he's worked up there for a long time. He was doing game capture stuff. And anyway, he went and worked for, he's kind of slowing down in life. So he, he took a job for, um, you know, for 40 mile. And so I'm uh, work, working a deal to get That's in a good them. connection. <laughs> right. Right. I was, well, I'm on their mile long waiting list right now. Right. Right. And that's, dude, that's good. Like I best friends with one of the pilots and I still don't get, I, I get the buddy discount of like, yeah, you have to get in line with everyone else. I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah. 
Seriously. The, the, the only up I had is that I, um, I basically told the owner that I was going to be in his hangar sweeping the floor until I got a ride out. Uh, <laughs> and that was kind of like, it was still like kind of up in the air, but I was like, well, I'll just be there. And I was going out solo and they didn't really want to take me solo, but I was like, I like, they kind of, they know me. So it was fine. Yeah. But it was like, I had this flight. And anyway, I, we went to the Pope and Young show and one of my really good buddies was there and he just moved up to Alaska, which was kind of a last minute thing for him. He just like decided, you know, screw it. I'm moving to Alaska to get my residency. Nice. <laughs> right. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go to the hall road this year. Cause I am not going to be a resident. I was like, man, I'll go with you. That sounds fun. Like, so I had a flight out. I was going to do, um, and I was pretty stoked about that to do like a solo fly out, um, caribou hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was like, man, that sounds really cool, but also hunting with Craig sounds cool. And I was like, him and I have been on some grinders. We've done a lot of hunts together. So it was just one of those things where I was like, you know what? I'll do that. That sounds fun. I keep saying I'm going to do the hall road someday. It's just, like I said, it's one of those things. It's like, you kind of just always got to, oh, I got to do it someday. Yeah. Um, so I was stoked to get to do it. So that's kind of how it worked out. As you know, one of the, the only expenses to a caribou hunt is like the vehicle rental. Oh. Um, you know, like, the, you know, it takes nothing and, and pretty much, unless you're either going to fly out and spend three, four grand to fly mm-hmm. out, or you're going to, you know, spend that on a vehicle. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much about the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we did a U-Haul. It was considerably cheaper, but I don't know if you'd want to take a U-Haul up to the, up the hall road. I'm not sure. Uh, dude, there was U-Hauls everywhere up there. <laughs> so <Nice. laughs> yeah. Um, it is funny. Cause I laughed about the box trucks U-Hauls until I was like, you know what? That's that would be perfect. It's like a camper van, you know, yeah. like just yeah. throw your sleeping bag in the back or a cotton yeah. back. And you just jam around all the time. We had like a van that like, like a 15 passenger van, but like no seats, just like empty in the back. And it was actually really nice. Cause yeah, I mean, it wasn't as big as a box truck, but we could get back there and, you know, arrange gear and stuff and you could store stuff without, you know, like a pickup truck could be open. Right, so. right, right, right. No, that's a good way to go. So that's kind of how it worked out. And we ended up, my buddy ended up driving up, picking me up in Fairbanks and, and, uh, we just, grinded it out and honestly it was like it was quite a grind it was pretty tough uh pretty tough hunt did you do archery or rifle yeah we archery hunted mm-hmm. and it was funny because uh you know we're both like uh didn't really want to shoot one with a rifle and he's like do you want me to bring a rifle and i was like no don't even bring one because if you bring one we're gonna end yeah. up using it <laughs> like we're gonna end up hiking out five miles and using it mm-hmm. like uh, let's just not bring one and of course, we don't bring one, and, we, and it gets down to like day eight, and we're like, "Yeah, probably should have brought a, a <laughs> rifle." This is, you know, kind of whatever. And so, ironically, you know, day eight, it's just a suck fest, and we ended up hiking way out because just next to the road wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up hiking clear. Well, we weren't going to go quite to the rifle zone, but like we'll hike out of you know three miles or so, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up seeing caribou over you know over the line which is like five miles out yeah and so we're sitting there on top of this mountain looking at this one caribou that's like two and a half miles farther and it's like uh, all right well might as well try yeah <laughs> and so, so we ended up killing both of our caribou um yeah five miles from the truck uh which made it an adventure for sure <laughs> absolutely man absolutely as you know hiking in that country's oh yeah squishy and weird surface and um that's awesome man. i'm planning to go back up there this year because we didn't tag out on our caribou trip and um i went to i did kodiak this year and oh, so did you? yeah How'd I go? 
Oh man, it was awesome. It was, it was I, I just I filmed the whole thing, so I'm actually about to release the whole the whole film. But we we shot three and um it was crazy it was like i couldn't have written the script any better like the first full day we had my friend with us who's like kind of a newer hunter and we're like let's get him one get it on camera like get things figured out first full day worked out perfectly got his and then the weather was like crap for like three or four days we didn't see we saw like one buck like two miles away in like four days and we're like this is you know we thought it was a wash and then the last morning we doubled up. We shot two bucks within like 60 seconds of each other. I got the whole thing on camera and his, my buddies, mine's a nice one. My buddies is like a hundred, I think it was 107 inch gross. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, so we, we did August, which was really cool. Um, we went up there, I think like the second, week of August or something. I don't remember exactly. And flew in with Seahawk air and, um, hit a real high Alpine Lake and, um, as beautiful up there. So the first one was, um, in velvet and then our two bucks were hard horned, but oh wow, it was really cool being up there that time of year, man. It was like Jurassic park. <laughs> yeah. You so know? Craig, one of my hunting part, the one I was up there with, he went to Kodiak in August and he's like, man, it was so cool. It was awesome. Um, and you know, got his, his archery buck or whatever. And then he ended up going back, uh, November when the mm. weather was like gnarly, gnarly. So, um, we're actually planning to go back. So Co I'll be doing Kodiak next year. Okay. Uh, so it's like ironic. this coming August. Yeah. So okay. yeah, no, no, no. In November. So we're going to go okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. late October, early November, sometime in there. So is that going to yeah. be your first time up there? Uh, to Kodiak. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool, man. Um, I schedule a couple days on both ends for weather. <laughs> yeah. We're going like 10 days. Like it just, that's yeah. what we do. Like, you know, same thing with the caribou, like, like, out. Oh, I think we had like 12 or 14 days. I think it was like 12, yeah, 12 or 13 days planned for the yeah. caribou. And like anytime you're archery hunting on those big adventures, like there's so much effort and logistics that you like mm -hmm. just give yourself some extra days like it's yeah. totally worth it especially in alaska because you might not yeah. be able to get where you're going for like two days or right. something right or five um, you might get you know weather especially kodiak like you could get weather for five days you know and yeah. only have a couple days to hunt yeah man so that's awesome um all right who did you say you are you doing a boat are you flying it would you guys figure that out yet or i haven't figured it out yet um craig did the did the boat thing and it was funny because i had another buddy that did the boat and loved it craig yeah. did the boat hated it um so i i haven't worked out the details i he, he doesn't want to do boat which i get because it kind of it kills the last hour of yeah. daylight so i guess you know it just all depends on what you're looking for out of the hunt um for sure if you're like going with buddies and you're like oh just the boat experience i think they're just two different trips you know and yeah. so it's like you know they got to figure out what you want out of the trip like Tent camping is going to suck. Like it's going to be miserable. Um, <laughs> in November. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unless you got like a wall tent and like a stove and all that, then it'd be fun. But since we were going in August, we didn't want to deal with the extra variable of like sea conditions. And I just like, I just like the idea of being out there and in it for like six days, not like going back and hiking back. Cause especially in August, I mean, they're way up. I mean, they're way up there. It would have been like a, you know, it would have been several, probably 2,000-ish ascent and descent every day. So we decided to, to fly up, and it was awesome. 
Yeah. No, yeah. It kind of, it just depends on what hunt you want, but yeah, I think we're going to imagine we'll probably tent camp, um, try to get some remote fly in just, you know, I would like to go and like hit some of these like little, I would like to take either, um, you know, like a small jet or a small, um, little raft with a motor and try to get up some of these, you know, drainages and stuff. I think it's remote stuff. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. That'd be cool, man. So you mentioned you were trying to do a solo thing. Do you like, are you a big time solo guy or? Um, yeah, like I think for most of my life I've been a solo hunter and it wasn't necessarily at a choice. It was always just like necessity, mostly necessity. Like I was an entrepreneur, so I had a lot of time off and like none of my buddies could ever. So they'd yeah. always be working. So it just ended up like I would go by myself. It just seemed easier. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it started. But honestly, then I, I became a solo hunter just because it was like, I really enjoyed having it all on myself and like all the mm. decisions on me, um, not second guessing anything. I do feel like personally, like if I'm with someone, I tend to become the guide or I tend to be like, yeah. uh, they probably don't want to climb this 3000 foot hill, you know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> let's maybe not do that. And so it's just always been like, uh, I'll just go by myself. I tend to make better decisions. Yeah. I think every once in a while you come across someone like my buddy Craig and I, um, we hunt really well together because we're always thinking the same thing. And I don't have any reservation about like going somewhere where he's not going to want to go. Generally speaking, it's actually worse because we'll go farther because no one's smart enough to say this is a bad idea. And then I can yeah. like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, you know, it just depends. Um, I, I don't know that there's like a best answer. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, cause people have asked me like, Oh, do you think you're more successful? Cause you're solo. I mean, it just depends on the right person, right? Like yeah. if you, if you met the right person or had the right hunting partner, I do think there's times where that's much better. Um, there's probably times where I gave up where if I had, you know, someone who wasn't going to give up, if Craig would have been with me, then I probably would have stayed another day or two, you know, yeah. or something like those. Um, so there's a lot of variables there, but man, having the perfect hunting partner is it's tough. I think it's crucial and it's tough. Yeah. Um, but it's tough it, you to know, find, but very <laughs> right. important. And it's like, you know, it's just, schedules and and timelines mm-hmm. and like all those things are hard to line up yeah so if you were going to do that caribou hunt again and you could pick um maybe not 40 mile but if you had to pick like another air carrier versus driving up into a haul road which one would you do man i just don't know enough about or would you do it again would you do the haul road again i'd do the haul road again for sure it was a fun hunt was it crazy up there lots of people or was it not too bad. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people. I, I was telling Craig, like I equate it to like an Eastern Montana antelope hunt where okay. like everyone's driving around and trying to road hunt and like, it can feel chaotic and abs- like, just so like, Oh, this is ridiculous. I don't enjoy it. But at the same time, nobody is like really doing any damage. <laughs> so yeah. you get frustrated by the amount of people you're seeing, which, which is crazy when you think about like how far away from civilization you are <laughs> yeah. and you're like, damn people. Um, but at the same time, like I do enjoy that hunt. You just have to, there's such different experiences, right? Like you, if you really want to like the Alaska trip, like 
go mm-hmm. fly out and yeah. be remote and be isolated. If you want to go on a fun hunt, like you just have to have the right mindset going into it. They're like, this is what it is. Like I'm going on a caribou hunt. That's super affordable. And I'm going to get a chance to at a lot of opportunities on a caribou with my bow, but it's not the, it's not the adventure, you know, and right. it's just a different adventure. Like, I don't want to say it's not the adventure. It's just a different adventure, yeah. uh, you know, and like just different things. Right. Um, so I would do, I would do the hall road again, um, just because there's so many other fly out hunts to do. And it's like, spending that much money on a fly out for a caribou seems kind of expensive, right? I think I'd rather put that money towards a moose hunt and then fly out and do a moose hunt. Um, so I don't know, that's kind of my thoughts on it, but I think if you had three or four dudes and you were wanting to do a rifle, like, yeah, it's really, when you really break it down, like a fly outs, you know, manageable or whatever. And if you're like, I want to kind of add this adventure piece to it, then, then yeah, it, it makes sense to do a fly out caribou hunt. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so yeah, going back to like, you know, you said podcasts are a big, a big thing in your journey and stuff like that. Um, do you have any favorites that you, that really kind of sparked your, uh, your passion there? <laughs> like way back when, or like currently, eh, probably more currently, I guess. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I, there's one I like, there's probably one or two I listen to. I've been like, and it, I go in kicks, right? So I don't even listen to hardly any hunting podcast, mainly because I just do it, right? Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm listening to more entrepreneur podcasts these days. I listen to My First Million quite a bit. Um, I listen to some of these, the crypto tales, like some into crypto and stuff. So like yeah. listening to a lot of the crypto stuff, just trying to keep up with what's new or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, man, I don't even hardly listen to any hunting podcasts. Like there'll be a few, like maybe I'll, I'll listen to Rogan too yeah. every now and then, but that's about it. Yeah. I saw you posted on your story about the, um, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I listened to the Peter McCulloch one. That was pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah. This new one's like, it's, it's crazy, man. Even more crazy. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's more crazy. I think you're like, I don't know. It's just, it's like all the pieces seem to be coming together. Like, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but like for a long time I was like, man, something's not right. Like something's weird. Oh yeah. And then from the beginning, like, I thought it was weird. And then the McColl comes out and you're like, yeah, okay. This is making sense. And I feel like now like, you're going to see more and more. And I feel like we're right on the tipping point of like everyone being like, okay, something's not right. Yeah. Like something's goofy here. And people are getting so. fed up too. Um, so yeah. And the cool thing about podcasts too, is it's like, you know, you talked about being an entrepreneur and that's one of the kind of the, it's a blessing and a curse, but you, you know, and I'm myself just kind of starting off on a, I've been doing the podcast for about a year, but this year I'm actually going full time into the podcast and filmmaking and um, yeah. So it's, you know, you have those moments of this is awesome. I'm going to do this. Like nothing can stop me. And you have those moments of like, what am I doing? Like, there's no way I can make this happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like walking that knife edge between faith and fear. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the cool thing about podcasts is I have bad and, news that never gets better. That's <laughs> nah, okay. I mean, I think if you're not walking that knife edge, I think you're supposed to be on that knife edge. Honestly, like life should require some degree of faith. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, that's, you know, people say that about imposter syndrome. Like you're like, you know, imposter syndrome is, is a very real thing. And I think we all struggle with it. Like dude, when I started a podcast, I had no business talking about hunting podcasts. Like I, yeah. I, I, that's how I felt. You know, I'm like, I don't know a thing. I'm like, I'll just interview other people. Right. Right. And I, 
it, it took me more than a year to be, to accept the fact that like, I am, I don't, you don't have to be the top before you can talk. You Absolutely. are, I am ahead of some people and far below others. Like it's no different than we were just talking about Rogan. So Rogan, you know, is he the expert on this thing? No, he's just asking questions, but mm-hmm. is he an expert? Is he above other people say in jujitsu or whatever? Like you don't have to be at the top. And I think we all have like imposter syndrome to be like, I have no business saying my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was like that for me with elk hunting. I literally got into podcasts to figure out more about elk hunting, not to mm-hmm. teach people. But what I found is like, there was a ton of people that were like just starting out or coming up that were like, actually, you know, way more than I do. And I can't get any information out of anybody. So like, can you just tell me? And I'm like, well, here's what I know, you know, like, and that's that's all you can do, man. But like, I don't know that that ever goes away. (laughs) No, that's good. It's almost like, um, it's almost like modern art. Like someone like looks and is like, I could do that. It's like, yeah, but did you? (laughs) <laughs> right right but did you yeah and that's the same thing with me too i mean and i was i've been very upfront from the beginning like i'm you know i don't claim to be an expert i don't claim to be you know like a badass hunter i'm just like i'm just me i'm doing this and i mean i'm from virginia so it's been a learning curve for sure but um it's been awesome man and, and the thing about podcasts and like doing podcasts um, whether you're listening or even creating them it's kind of like you can um, you know, they say you're the sum of the five people you hang out with most. So even if you don't like for me, I can't really put myself around great elk hunters and stuff in Virginia. Like they're really hard to find, but I've like built this whole network of like people and friends and colleagues over the past year of all these guys and gotten to work with some of them, like Dan from elk shape. And, um, and it's just like, I've kind of stepped into this world through the internet and podcasts, you know? No, which is great. And that's, I mean, and that's no different than anything, like whether it's entrepreneurship or hunting or whatever is like, that's one of the cool things about internet, internet companies, whatever is like, you know, you can change the seven people you're surrounded by mm-hmm. X fold like yeah. instantly, because now you're like, okay, I'm surrounded by this person, this person, this person. Is it completely healthy? No, you should probably have like actual real friends, but, but yeah. at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, that's what pushes you, motivates you or like inspires you to kind of just keep working towards it. Right. Um, yeah. because I was that way. Like I, you know, for a long time, I was from a podunk town in Oregon and thought I never really liked the idea that you had to move to somewhere, um, to be a part of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the entrepreneur community, when I was you know, it's just starting out and everyone's like, Oh, you got to move to Silicon Valley, get, you know, to be in startup land or whatever. You got to surround yourself by it. And I was like, no, I don't think you do. And there is some truth in both, right? Yeah. Like to some degree, um, you can surround yourself. I made it into the hunting industry without moving to Bozeman. That was kind of serendipitous. And actually we didn't even move here for me. It was kind of my wife. Um, and so it was like, I was still able to, to be a part of it and surround myself by these people just via the podcast, right. And those relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, if you physically surround yourself by those people too, I think it's like another level, but I, I think you can do either. I think 100% you can, you can, that's the cool thing about today is like, you can grow an industry around whatever you're into because there's someone like you. And the other thing about that is like, you know, from your perspective to say, okay, there's a million other hunting podcasts. Why would someone listen to me? I, Mm -hmm. I've said the same thing about entrepreneurship. Like, you know, we're, I'm working on this entrepreneurship course thing. And for the longest time, I was like, there's so many entrepreneurship people, conversations, courses, all these things. Like, why would anybody talk to me? 
But then you realize that like, there's enough people that would rather hear it from me than mm-hmm. someone else, because there's always going to be a subset of people that are, that are like you. Right. Yeah. So if I say like, I'm entrepreneurship for dumb rednecks, then, you know, there's a bunch <laughs> of dumb rednecks that are like, Oh, that guy speaks my language, you know? And right. like, he may not resonate with someone from Silicon Valley from Austin who isn't even talking about the same stuff. Right. Yeah. And so like people will resonate with you. Like there's, plenty of people from the East coast who are probably more like you, they'd rather listen to your experiences about hunting than yeah. mine being from the left coast. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of, you can look at it like, Oh, you know, I don't live out in wherever, or I'm not in Silicon Valley or I'm not in Montana or whatever. And you can look at it as a negative thing, or you can like try to flip it into an asset and be like, okay, well, what makes me unique coming from an outsider's perspective? You know, like 100%. what unique voice can I have? that these guys don't have because they grew up with an elk call in their mouth. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So it's a, it's a balance, but um, you just got to learn to look at things positively and see how you can make it an asset, not a liability. And I think it's easy to um, try to become the people who are in front of you. I think it's just, whether it's entrepreneurship or hunting, like business oriented, whatever you want to call it, it's easy to say, I'll use the example here in Bozeman, right? Like, so it's easy for me to look at Randy or Steve and be like, oh, that's what success is. And then try to like move towards that because that seems like the only goal I can see. Mm-hmm. We're really bad at that as humans is like not being uniquely us. And that's hard because we feel like this imposter syndrome, right? So for yeah. you, you know, it's easy to look at people and be like, you just start to migrate towards that because you're like, oh, that's what success is. Like, that's the route I'm supposed to go. Whereas, you know, the reality of the situation is like, you should be and, and really take pride in like the unique characteristics that are you. Right. And like, so what makes you, and that makes you different. You know, I struggle with that because like, as I got in the industry, it was like, okay, what is success? And I already had my own version of success, but I would look at other people and be like, Oh, they're doing this. I should do that. Like, no, 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 no. Wait, back up. Like, I'm not trying to get to where they are. Right. Right. So you have to keep that in check and be like, um, okay, what do I want? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Um, and so that's like, you know, I'd say a year ago, it was like, for me, it was like, dude, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a hunter. Like, I don't know which one is even has the priority. So I don't want to go down the, the rabbit hole of creating hunting content. Like, that's not what I want to do, even though that's like, it felt like all the forces were pushing me to go that way. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to like, um, talk about companies, help people start companies. Like I want to help, I always say dumb rednecks. I, I probably, it's not the politically correct term. I was like, I want yeah. to help dumb rednecks like me start companies or start businesses and actually, you know, do this thing. Cause like when I started, I like said, I was, I was supposed to be a farmer and I was like, no, I'm going to start internet companies. Like it's <laughs> like the most ass backwards thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have any resources or anybody to teach me that similar to like the hunting thing. It was just kind of like, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And so now I kind of like have this, like, okay, that's who I want to be is uniquely that person, that me. Right. Yeah. Everyone needs to find that. I think it's tougher than it's easier said than done. Um, for a lot of people, it's like, you don't really know who you are for a long time. You're just trying to feel all this out. You're like you dabbling mm-hmm. in stuff. Right. Um, and so like, it takes a while to really iron that out. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also that tension too. Right? I think I heard you on a podcast talking about it with somebody of like, like for me, you know, I, I've been working on business plan and stuff like that. And you know, the, 
my mentor that I've been working with this on this business plan with, he comes from the traditional, I guess, business world where it's like, they want to see like, okay, this is how I'm going to make my revenue. Like in this much time, this amount per every unit, right. whatever. And it's like, I have this sense is like, dude, I don't exactly know how I'm going to get where I need to go, but I just like have faith. I just think if I just like do this and keep grinding, yeah. it's going to work out. But like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird tension to like not be able to explain people like, so where's your revenue going to come from? And I'm like, I have an idea. I don't know exactly. And things might evolve. I don't know. Does that sound like a scary place or like a normal place to you? Uh, is it 100% normal. I'm laughing uh, because like in, in my, in my course, so I'm, I'm working on this course. We, we taught it. Um, I taught it to 25 people mm. as like a trial run. And now I'm kind of rewriting, revamping a little bit. But one of my, one of my like portions of that is that uh, business plans are bullshit. Like they're BS. Right. <laughs> and so I, one of my mentors was uh, we, we struggled. And I told the story of like, I had this idea of building an internet company and that was completely at odds with everything my mentor who owned the company had built, you know, he'd built multiple companies, made millions and millions, but nothing to do with internet companies. And so when I was like, this is the way I want to, you know, this is what we're doing. This is the future. Mm -hmm. It was okay until like a point. And then we started like butting heads and right. it was like, no, you need to do this. I was like, no, man, like, like I'm, I'm pretty confident in this, like yeah. not that confident, but I'm pretty confident. And so this was like, I reached this point with this mentor where he decided, he's like, I don't want this to ruin our relationship. Why don't you buy it? And mm. it was like, okay, now I'm all in. But it was like that point where my, I had, I don't know if I'd surpassed in some ways I'd surpassed that mentor and so in other ways, not right. But like, it was just a different era. If you built a company in the eighties, like I had a mentor that built an, uh, a bullet company and he was kind of partners in this company. And this is a different one, but he was like, no man, like you gotta go to trade shows. You gotta do this. I'm like, man, trade shows are dead. Like this is it. You gotta be internet. Like that's, and you know, he was all about dealers, getting dealers, you know, getting into Cabela's and those things. And it was like, no, like yeah. I, this is not the route I want to go. And this is the route I want to go. And it was just very different. And sometimes you get to that point. Right. And like everyone, everyone has their own experiences. You'll get mentors that are like, no, this is how you build a business. No, that's how you built your business. Right. Um, and so I always say, I say that business plans are bullshit. It's not entirely true. You, they're this weird thing that you, you need to impress banks or investors and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're, they're okay to have, but they are bullshit because it lines you out in a path that's not correct. Right. Or it yeah. sticks you in a rut that you're like, this is where I'm going. Right. But people fail to like make adjustments. Right. And I think pivoting is far more important than being able to have this like ideal plan of, you know, your rev streams for the next five years. Right. Like yeah. there's a fine balance between being able to pivot and being able to like stick the path. Right. And yeah. this, you know, it's like, where do you hold them and fold them? Right. Take it to a hunting analogy. Like we're in a spot, we hiked in five miles, like, do we bail on this spot or we keep grinding it out? Right. And some guys will stick there and grind it out and never see a damn thing for five days. Cause they're pot committed to that spot. Mm -hmm. They put all this effort into doing this thing. And you know, there's some, there's some good in like sticking it out and stick to itiveness. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't be bouncing around all over. Right. So yeah. let's take the same analogy. And like, we go to and like, okay, we're in a hunt. 
unit 30 and I'm just making this up, but unit yeah. 30 in Colorado, you and I go there and we're just like this huge unit. We're like, well, let's go over here. Oh, let's no, there's nothing there. Let's, let's bounce over here. Let's bounce over here. And like, you never really look at one spot well enough mm-hmm. to know whether there was good bucks in there or not. And then like, you went to the first spot and maybe you spent an afternoon there and you didn't see anything. Well, now you have to go back to that spot to check it again, to be like, okay, was there deer in there or did we just get carried away and bounce around? So now you're just doing, you know, running circles yeah. on yourself. Business is no different, man. It's like, you have to like keep testing new things and trying new things hmm. until you're fairly confident that that's not the thing and then pivot and then keep going to the next thing. Because the chances that you're going to line out the perfect business right. and then, uh, then keep to it for the next two years is asinine, man. It's like you, the industry or the, the, the trends aren't even as a state of same for mm-hmm. that long. And so to say like, Oh, this is our model. I think it's good to have like a rough estimate. And that's why I always say do battle plans, not business plans. Mm, and so, I like that. you know, like when you go into a hunt, you're going to say, okay, we're going to try here and then we're going to move to here and then we're going to move to here. Those are battle plans. Like that's not a full hunt plan. Right. But if you said, yeah, you're going into a caribou hunt and you're going to go to Alaska, you're like, okay, we're only going to hunt this one spot and we're going to stick that whether we kill or not. Like that's, that's not really, you don't have all the data. You don't have all the information to make that decision mm. from Virginia when you end up in Alaska or Colorado or whatever you're going to go. Yeah. Right. So you get there, you like, you're going to execute your first plan. You're like, okay, we did this. What Intel do we have now? And how do we adjust? Right. So you go on a hunt and you're like, man, we're just not seeing anything, but we saw some caribou over here. So like, let's, let's hike into this spot and see what we find. So that's battle plan too. Right. So we pivoted and we made another battle plan. Yeah. Your business is no different, man. Like you could take it and say, okay, here's my, here's my plan. And here's the objectives we have for, for the next six months. And I usually say like 90 days, do a quarter, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and be like, okay, well, here's our plan. And we need to hit this goal because we need to get money quick. Right. So like, what's the thing that we can do to get money coming in and create that revenue. So then we can pivot and go to the next thing. Because the honest, the reality is like in nine months from now, you may see doors that you couldn't see from, from the very beginning. Right. Yeah, It's the 100%. same with a hunt. Like you're just going to, it's going to open up doors. The more you figure out, the more you're like opening that door, what's next. Right. And mm-hmm. so for business, it's no different. Like, okay, here's, here's the next 90 days, maybe the next six months. And then like everything after that gets a little more blurry Yeah, and it's like, okay, but what doors are going to open up in the next six months that you're like, okay, this is it. And you can't bounce around too much. And it's that fine line of like, okay, mm-hmm. did we really hunt this spot? Do we know what's here? What's not here? Should we move on to the next one? And you'll find that balance as you grow and yeah. continue. Now I'm really glad you said that because yeah, like, so this person I'm working with on the plan, like they're very meticulous. They also made millions, you know, in a completely different like arena. And so they're very knowledgeable, but it stresses me out because like, if I look back at this past year, I could have never guessed the opportunities that opened up. I could have never planned for any of them. Like, you know, so like to sit here and try to plan two years out when I have no idea, it's like, I know that like, I just do this I'm good at this. If I do this and this and this other doors are going to open that I can't see it. Like you just said. And so that's, that's good to hear, man. Cause it stresses me out. I mean, it, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Like those are all like, there's such ma- like business plans are so made up. Like it's just, it's like a joke. You're like, yeah. even go to the bank and say like, we're going to get a loan say you and I are starting a business. Right. And um, we, we got to go get a hundred thousand dollars from the bank. 
Uh, so we like put together this business plan. There's such made up numbers that we don't yeah. have a clue, man. Like, it's just like, sure. okay, they're, they're good rough estimates. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you said, I, they're be, I don't want to say they're completely BS because there is some truth to like having a map, knowing where you're going, what mm-hmm. the end goal is. I'm really big believer in like starting with the end in mind. Um, like if, uh, if you came to me and you're like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting this business my first question would be like, okay, what's the end goal? Like what's, what's our exit? What's, you know, is it an exit? Is it, are we handing it down to our kids? Or are we trying to grow this giant monopoly? Like those are important aspects of it. But to say like, here's our business plan can oftentimes give people like blinders and they like tend to go down like this is our business plan. And so I think yeah. it's just important to have shorter term battle plans um, and that's good. have an end goal in mind. So that's good. Man. I don't think like it's, throwing it out the window and saying like throw all care to the wind and like yeah. we're just gonna start out and wing see it. where we end up wing it right. um but in some ways you're like you're like it's a slightly like controlled wing it yeah no i like that i like how you related to hunting too it's so perfect because yeah you you go in there with a loose plan and like kind of backups and a few options but you can't hold on to any one thing too tightly. I mean, we saw that in my Alaska trip. We went to one area, sign everywhere, no animals, three days, packed up and hit another spot. And we, um, you know, saw animals and almost tagged out. But anyway, long story. But um, but so the same is true for guys that, you know, go on a hunt and don't put the work in. Like, you know, they, they'll go and be like, oh, I'll just figure it out. But then they yeah. kind of run out of options and, you know, and whatnot. So it's good. I don't want to say like, hey, just throw caution in the wind and wing it. Because right. when I go into a hunt, I'll have six, seven, eight, ten, whatever plans. And uh, I, I have thought through contingency after contingency. Yeah. Um, and, but I've also done enough of these like out of state hunts or adventure hunts to know that like, no plan survives first contact. Like oh, it's yeah. almost guaranteed that my first plan is going to fail. And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. now what, you know, like, okay, totally. let's go to this. But, but so much of my plans get altered by data on the ground. And like, yeah. that's just the way it is. Like I could have 10 plans. I promise you, you know, first contact is going to tell me more and I'll be able to like alter those plans as I go. But at least I have them, you know, I have backups before yeah. the failure. And like, you have to, you know, just keep working through each scenario and each thing with the data that you get. Yeah. Business is the same. And I, dude, that's what, like, I'm really big on like, to me, entrepreneurship and hunting are like, they go hand in hand. Cause they're such, yeah. so similar to me. Um, and like, they're kind of my two passions, but like, it's easy for me to relate from one to the other. Um, and there's so many like crossovers for me. Yeah. Any other like, um, really good things that like areas where hunting has made you a better entrepreneur or like has, uh, like taught you something about entrepreneurship? Yeah. I always, I always, I used to say like, uh, I went to school to be a firefighter and then I became an, a firefighter via entrepreneurship. Cause like you learn to put out fires. That's like your, your job. My job yeah. now is literally just putting out fires. Um, you know, trying to think of something off the top of my head, uh, for hunting. I think the one thing for me that correlates the most between, between hunting and entrepreneurship is like, hunting allows me as an entrepreneur, like it's hard to take breaks. It's hard to take time off. It's hard to take mm-hmm. your brain off of the, all of the like stress and the firefighting, um, and thinking, but like hunting is this thing that gives me purpose and forces me to slow down mm-hmm. and to think. And like, it's almost like my reset, you know, people say like fishing is my yoga, like hunting's definitely my yoga. But at the same time, it forces me to do the the thinking, right? It forces yeah. me away from being able to firefight to being like, okay, but let's think big picture. So 
there's a lot of things that I think tie well together is like being gone for, for me, like there's always been like a no work September. And it's like, I became an entrepreneurship entrepreneur. So I didn't have to work in September. Like mm-hmm. I'm happy to work 68 hours a week, except for that one month. Like yeah. that's my escape time. And I think those to me, like they just mesh so well together because like hunting forces me to be a better entrepreneur. So I can leave. It forces me to do the right things. Right. Yeah. But hunting forces me to take a break, slow down, you know, and get my mind right. Keep and keep my priorities within the company. Right. And so like, it's easy when you're a firefighter in your company to be like, Oh shit, I do this, gotta do this, gotta do this. And like all these things you gotta do and like worrying about stuff. But when you're forced to take, you know, some time off, whether it's 10 days or a month, like forcing yourself to take 10 days is like, sometimes you get a lot of perspective that way. And so whether one makes me better at the other, probably, but more so I think they're to me, they're just very like they're congruent. Yeah. Yeah. So even though business plans are BS, I feel like you are, you are a goal, kind of a, a long-term goal kind of guy, aren't you? Yeah. I would or say not, so. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily long-term, but, um, but since it is kind of early January, 2022, and people are kind of evaluating their goals and stuff like that, like, do you have, um, and I've never been good at goal setting. Like I just, I kind of live in the moment and, um, you know, I do it to some degree, but I could be better, but do you have any kind of like process that you go through like for setting goals or, um, and then also like what, you know, if you like, if you'd like to, I'd love to hear some of your goals for 2022. Yeah. So I'm big on like dreamlining, um, which I differentiate from goal setting and I'll explain. So dreamlining is like, lining out what your future self looks like. Mm. Um, I'm very big on like looking farther down the road than most people. So we use a long-term goals. Like I don't really have long-term goals. I have long-term dreamlines, which is mm. like uh, to say that in five years, where would I be? Right. And so like I sit down and I say, well, in five years, um, just roughly speaking, it's like, okay, I want to be going on X amount of hunts per year. I want to, uh, you know, have X, Y, Z, as far as properties. So for me, it's like, okay, I want to have three Airbnb, uh, cabin type things. You know, I want to have, um, my dream place, uh, which is, you know, I've always said it's like hundred acres of river bottom in Montana. That yeah. is, uh, you want to talk about point creep <laughs> that was outpacing me, but faster than I can be an entrepreneur, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like having these things, right. So like I, I envision my life for what it'll look like down the road. Yeah. Um, and th- those are usually, more extreme than I won't, am comfortable. And so like, I even struggle saying it still, I mean like, Oh, I'm going to have a hundred acres of river bottom and I'm going to have three Airbnb cabins that I can go to. And I'm going to be hunting, you know, say 50 days a year. Right. Like those are like, Oh man, that seems audacious to say, mm-hmm. but I think when you start envisioning yourself in those shoes, like you're like, okay, then how do we get there? So like, what's the what's the one-year plan to get to that five-year goal? And mm-hmm. then what's the quarterly? So for me, I'm big on, like I said, battle plans. Um, even within my companies, like we said, we were working on this today. Uh, like what's our, you know, 90-day like execution goals, right? How do, how do we make 90-day goals to get to our one year, which is going to get us to our five-year? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I lay it out is like, here's where I don't want to be in five years. What do I have to have in one year to get there? Um, and then what do I have to do this quarter? And then from there, you know, it's like, okay, let's just, you can easily break down like your quarter and be like, okay, we need to be here this month um, and get it done. Like, yeah. And that's kind of how I operate. I know some people are like, big on just setting goals and reaching goals or annual goals or whatever. Uh, for me, it's more like, where do I want to be? 
Um, yeah. and then how do I do that? The other thing I like to do is like, say your future self, um, where does, where's your target monthly income? So, mm. you know, like, what does that need to be? And I, this has a lot to do when you, when you think about like, from your perspective, where you're at, you're thinking about, okay, what are my business plans? What are my rev streams? Like, what are these things? You have to think about like, what is your dream life? And then what is your target monthly income? So like, what's your end goal? Like, to me, it's like, I don't need to make millions and millions of dollars. I really don't. Like, I don't really care about money. It's more, I would rather have, say 10 or $15,000 a month in reoccurring revenue. So yeah. I'd rather have money coming in every single month that isn't tied to me or isn't, or mostly isn't tied to me in a lot of ways. And so it's like, that's what I really want. So do I want to like build the empire or whatever, and then sell my company for $50 million, whatever it is? No, I, it doesn't really sound that interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so it's not a priority. Whereas like, how do I get to $10,000 a month in reoccurring revenue? And if I can get there, then it's not that hard to get to 15. Right. And so then it becomes like, okay, how do I get $5,000 in reoccurring revenue? Mm. Um, and so as you think about it, like you personally is like, okay, where do I want to be? Like, what's, what's my dream line? Like, what's my dream life look like? You know, do my driving, you know, fancy cars, or is it just the fact that I get to go hunting all the time? I'm much bigger on, I would rather get time than any material thing. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I don't want like say a nice property or something like I would, yeah, that's a dream of mine. So I do need money for that, but I also prioritize time first because for, sure. for me, it's like, it's all about, I want to be able to go do the things I want, go on the hunts I want. Yeah. Um, and like a big piece of that for me, that's tough is like, I don't want to film. I don't want to create content it's a slippery slope for me. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So, um, you know, I could look at someone like Randy who goes, let's say 15 hunts a year, but there's a, there's a cost to his 15 hunts a year. And like, there's a whole bunch of deliverables. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and like, for me, it's like, how do I get to 15 hunts a year and I'll go on them whether I want to or not. And I don't have to do anything to get them. So like, that's, that's just a different variation. And there's people that are like, man, I just love creating content. Like that's what they want to do. Like, it's just not me. Um, and so like, you just have to be fairly honest with yourself is like, what's your dream life look like? Because it's in that that scenario, not to pick on Randy. Um, he's very, very successful, but if you aren't careful about what your end goal looks like, you can take paths that get the wrong end goal. Right. Mm. So for example, you could say like, man, I I just want to go hunting all the time. And it's easy to like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, the first step is like, yeah, I got to create a YouTube channel and start getting sponsors and all that thing. But the divergent between that and going on 15 hunts a year without content gets farther, the farther down that path you go, if that makes sense. So you're not really getting time. You're still trading time for money in that aspect. Hmm. And so I try to get away from things that are trading time for money. So it may take me longer to go the route that I'm going and get to like, how do I how do I get to 15 hunts? I don't know. 15 is a lot, but like, let's say 50 days a year without having to do content. It may take me longer to go that route without just going and getting sponsors and, and, you know, doing content and growing a YouTube channel. Like that may be the quicker route, but for me, it's more important to get there a certain way. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I heard somebody say once the most dangerous thing that you can do is be really good at the wrong thing. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Um, and that's easy. Cause sometimes like you have to ask yourself, am I going down the right path? And yeah. like, if you don't know what the, where, where the 
where you want to be. How do you know if you're on the right path or the wrong path? Um, gotta have a target. And, uh, yeah, you gotta have a target. And I think you're, it's hundred percent true. Is like oftentimes it's easier and quicker to go down the wrong path. Like generally yeah. speaking, like it's always easier to be like, Oh, if I just do this, that, you know, we're on the right path. And then the farther down that path you get, the harder it gets to go back. Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, just generally, I think, and I think people that are listening that are really interested in this stuff and entrepreneurship, I definitely recommend you check out Cody's, um, e-course or it is an e-course, right? You guys are offering it as an e-course. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, uh, launching here in the next, I don't know, say 10, I'm just wrapping up filming and stuff. Sure. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so check, the next 10 days or so. Nice. Well, check that out. Um, but just like, you know, I heard you say one time something I, that I thought was really neat about, um, people cheat their future selves out of what they want basically basically on fear because of fear and they don't, you know, or letting, you know, perfect get in the way of good. Like you talked about before about, you know, people, instead of just launching out, they're like, Oh, it's gotta be perfect. And then they never do anything. But I don't know what would be like your biggest kind of, if you had to give like boil it down to like one piece of advice for guys out there who might have a dream. It could be hunting related or it could be, I don't know, starting a plumbing business. doesn't really matter. But like for guys that have that entrepreneurial dream, what's kind of like your biggest piece of advice you just drop out there in general? There's a saying that entrepreneurs build the plane on the way down in that like you're, you're essentially on a crashing plane and you're trying to figure out how to build it on the way down. <laughs> it's not the best advice. <laughs> um, although it's fairly accurate uh, because it does feel like you're falling out of the sky most of the time. I would say like, Think of entrepreneurship as setting sail, not shooting a cannonball. So oftentimes we look at it as like, we have to aim this cannonball perfectly to hit our target. Whereas the reality is it's more like we're steering a ship along the way. Hmm. Um, you have to set sail to get anywhere and you can kind of course correct. That's entrepreneurships. Too many people put it on a pedestal and have so much fear around like hitting the target perfectly at the right time. Like, yeah. trust me, none of us, no one who has started a business hit it right the first time. And it's about kind of pivoting and, and just changing your core direction as you go and trying to figure it out. Right. Like, but it's as much as I want to say, like, just start, like, there are a lot of things I wish I could go back and say like, Hey, here's some direction that you should start at yeah. because as much as steering the ship is great. And it's a great analogy. Like if you set sail the absolute wrong direction, it can take <laughs> you a really long damn time to get there. Yeah. Uh, so like there's a balance between you have to start to, to get, to get anywhere. You know, you have to take swings to hit home runs and that's the honest truth. 100%. But if you're standing, if you're standing on first base, trying to hit a home run, like it's really hard to do because the pitcher's <laughs> throwing it the wrong way, Yeah, you know? And so like, there's a balance there. Um, but that's my advice is like, I don't, don't fear it. Don't feel like you have to have the perfect plan. Don't feel like you have to have an audience. Even I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I gotta have an audience before I can build a business, you know? Yeah. I just don't think that's necessarily true. And I, I would say it's easier today to start a business than at any other time in hmm. history. Nice. Um, you got any cool hunts planned yet for this year? The Kodiak one is uh, probably my, like, been, like yeah. I always, yeah, I have like, always have like, so for me, when I think about hunts, it's like, I, I want, you know, something, something adventurous, uh, something solo, 
Uh, I want to have a hunt with some really good buddies um, or or family or something along those lines. So I'm like always trying to get like little pieces of everything Yeah. Um, because there was like eras where I would be like only solo hunt. And then like an entire year, right. Only hunt with my buddies and miss like the solo part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I try to have a little bit of everything. Uh, So I I actually got a call and it's always hard, like trying to plan your hunts with buddies. Cause like I got a call last night and we were trying to do, it was like Wyoming antelope hunt. And my buddy's like, Hey, my wife just changed our Hawaii trip. And this. I'm uh, like, are you kidding me? So like, uh, I did I'm the still, hunt this year. It's super fun. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool hunt. And I, yeah. So we always like, there's a core group of buddies that we always try to do a hunt. We actually didn't do one last year. So I'm really going to be pissed if it doesn't work out. So we're trying to line that out. That's I, I think that's probably one of the ones I'm more excited about between that and Kodiak. Um, and then, uh, elk season, I'm always like trying to scheme for elk season, make sure I get a good tag. Um, and that's That's usually like elk season's my, like my solo, like grind it out. Like that's the one I want to just, you know, be me. Cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's funny. I did Kodiak and Wyoming antelope last year. That's kind of what you got coming up. That's awesome. You got an elk hunt plan this year? Um, yes. Hold on one second. I'm going to show you something. Oh yeah. So this is my Kodiak buck. Heck yeah, man. And this is my Wyoming antelope. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a good antelope. Yeah, man. Got a little broken cutter. Heavy. He is. Um, and it was a one-point unit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. People like get wrapped around the axle about how many points I got in Wyoming. Wyoming yeah. points by you access. That's it. But you could shoot an yeah. antelope on zero-point unit. You could shoot a stud antelope on a zero-point unit on like a one section of, you know, state yeah. of BLM or something. Special draw is a good good option too. That's what we did. Yeah. Um, but um, that's cool, man. Do you do? Uh, are you a spring bear guy? Love spring bear. Yeah, nice. that's another one I'm trying to plan out right now. So me too. I gotta. I've never done it, and so I'm trying to find a partner um, for that. But I'm gonna do that hopefully in your state um, this year. And uh, you asked about an elk hunt, so I have a, <clears throat> I have an elk tag in Idaho in uh, October. So me and a couple guys are actually gonna fly in. Oh, to the cool. Church. Yeah. Frank church. And I got a mule deer and an elk tag. So it's not, it's not during the rut, but, um, it's going to be sweet. Yeah. Uh, we're, th- we're mainly mule deer hunting, honestly. Right. But, um, I had the cash. So I was like, I don't want to accidentally see an elk and not have a tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a guaranteed way to see lots of elk and that's not by a tag. You know? Yeah. I, I knew that would happen. So, and now that I have one, I won't see any. So we're good. Right. <laughs> right. I did, I did that. We, um, well, we went to Idaho on my buddy hunt, you know, we were like, and it started out as a mule deer. Hunt. I don't, this is how it always works. Um, which I'm usually the elk guy. And so I guess it, it's only fair that a few years ago we did a, this was before I moved to Montana. We did a, a mule deer hunt and I had an elk tag. And as soon as like those guys killed deer, I was like, we're going elk hunting. <laughs> and so I, maybe this is like, I, I had it coming. But I was like, let's go on a backcountry mule deer hunt. And so we're like planning this mule deer hunt. And they're like, wait, you can just buy elk tags? Like, we're going elk hunting. I was like, <laughs> damn it. My <laughs> deer hunt just turned into a elk hunt. And yeah. so of course we shoot. I didn't buy the tag because I had drawn a late season muzzleloader. Uh-huh. And and sure enough, like uh, I'm mule deer hunting. And there's like a 310 bull just laying out in the middle of this wide open. And, and like for two days, like I watched this as I was hunting deer up there. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like I don't have an elk tag. So that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> it's the way it always goes down, but yeah, I'm, I don't have any, 
I don't have any plans for September right now. Um, still got a lot to learn, honestly, about elk hunting. So I went this year, I'd went and filmed for Dan Staten in New Mexico. And so I might go, um, I might go meet up with him again for like a couple of days and do some photography and then, but I don't know. I, I still haven't figured that out. I got a lot of like plans, but not, nothing's only a few have really solidified. So right, 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 right. we'll see how it works out. Analogous to my life in general right now. <laughs> We're just making so, it up as we go. Yeah. But it's good, man. Um uh, always an adventure. So anyway, man, um tell folks where they can find you if they want to hear more about, you know, what you got going. Yeah. Um my podcast is The Rich Outdoors. Um we talk entrepreneurship, we talk hunting, we talk all kinds of stuff. So it's pretty wide ranging. Um, but that's probably the best way to find me. And if uh cool. social, same rich outdoors. Yeah. You're not going to be at Western Hunt Expo, are you? I don't think so. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think so. I don't know if okay. I'm going to do any shows. <laughs> yeah. Weird. So we'll see. Are you going to any? I'm going to go to the Hunt Expo. So I'm leaving this Sunday for Arizona uh, to meet up with some dudes down there um, for coos and mule deer. Um, and most of the shows are happening while I'm there, but the Western Hunt Expo is the only one that's not. So I'm going to hit that one up. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, I mean, shows are really good. I think like when you're just starting out, like you could meet a lot of people face to face. And um, that's the main reason I'm going, just kind of network and stuff. Right, right, right. I think it's good. I think it's really good. So anyway, man, uh, appreciate your time. It's been really, really fun chatting with you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, man.